I want to welcome you to Brit David Podcast as Pastor Tim shares with us another great message from Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17 entitled The Most Wonderful Things Happen at Church. Don't you just love your church and love going to church? In this post-COVID day, there are multitudes of people who never thought their days of coming to church were over. We hear it over and over. I sure do miss going to church. I can't wait to get back. And all begins with deciding to do just that. And when you do, know this, that the most wonderful things happen at church. Here's Pastor Tim. Luke chapter number 13 is where we are. I hope you have your Bible. You'll take it, turn there with me. So we just finished up the Christmas season. You may be, you probably heard at some point along that time, Andy Williams saying that it's the hap-hap-happiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. He would say, well, if that's true, then every Sunday ought to be Christmas, you know, because it's the most wonderful day of the week. It's the most wonderful time of the year to be able to gather together with God's people in God's house, worshiping Him and allowing Him to speak to us through His Word. In fact, what we find in our passage today is something that happens, we would say, at church. It's in the synagogue. In fact, if you're there, Luke chapter number 13, we begin today in verse number 10. And if you look there in verse number 10, he says it very plainly. He says, now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So this is something that's taking place on their Sabbath, on their day of worship, in their kind of church setting. Then if you look at the very last verse that we're going to look at today, which is verse number 17, if you're reading from the NIV, the NIV translates that last phrase this way. It says, the people were delighted with all the wonderful things that he was doing. So Jesus is at church. <laughs> Jesus is working at church. He's doing something. <clears throat> and the people look at it and they say, man, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's wonderful when Jesus gets to do in your life what he wants to do. It's wonderful when Jesus is present in the midst of a worship service, when you begin to sing out his praises, when you begin to pray out to him, and then he speaks to you directly out of his word today. There are a number of things that I think go into helping make Sundays the most wonderful day of the week, and us being able to say the most wonderful things happen at church. Well, you have to be there for it, right? Jesus has to be there for it, right? All right, well, let me add a few more things to it than that. Number one, I want you to see that you do exercise volition when you come to church. You exercise volition when you come to church. You say, now, what is, what is volition? Well, it's simply the exercise of your will what you want to do, what it is that you decide to do. It's your ability to decide. You decided to come to church today. Not one person is here today on accident. You didn't just mess up <laughs> and show up and say, oh, oops, I accidentally came to church today. You know, God was already working in your heart and in your life, and you made that decision to be able to come and be a part of that today. In all likelihood, you didn't make that decision this morning. Now, maybe some of you did. Maybe some of you got up this morning and said, you know what, I think I'll go to church today. Well, if you did, good decision. But for most people, the decision was already made. 
In fact, I've said it before, I'll say it to you again. I believe that most of the time, Sunday morning worship is a Saturday night decision. You've already decided the night before. You've got your clothes together. You've got your Bible together. You've got your offering ready. You've got, every, you've got your soup cans. <laughs> you, you, you're like some of us went to the store last night, bought some soup cans, just to be ready for Sunday school today. There's some, however, who made a different kind of decision last night. Maybe they stayed up too late, and they just couldn't get up in time. Maybe they decided some time ago that they're going to go off today. Uh, they've got a few days, and so they're going to they're take off and go on vacation on a day like today. The reality is, is that whether you're here or whether you're not, that decision was made by somebody, wasn't it? You've already done the best thing that you can do already today. You have decided, I am going to church. It's an important element of this story. When we see Jesus at church, it matters then that people are there as well. There are a number of people that we get to see in the synagogue on this particular day. Obviously, one of them is Jesus that we read about in verse number 10. But the second person is in verse number 11, and it's a woman who really, we don't know her name. She just simply is an unnamed woman. Look at her there in verse number 11. The Bible says, And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Let me say this to you. This woman, of all people, may have had a better excuse than anybody else not to come to church. You know? I mean, she... She, well, listen to it this way. Let me, let, me, let me just read this to you. I brought this up here with me. This is written by a commentator about this particular woman. He says, Though she was under this infirmity, by which she was much deformed, and made to look mean, and not only so, but as is supposed, motion was very painful to her. Yet she went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Note, even bodily infirmities unless they be very grievous indeed, should not keep us from public worship on the Sabbath days, for God can help us beyond our expectation. There are days when you get up, there are days when I get up. You just don't feel like coming to church, right? You just don't feel like it. I, 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 don't, I don't want to come. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I, I don't want to participate. I just want to stay in bed. Let me tell you something. Best thing that you can do is to get up and come to church. You're not here by accident today. We're not in Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17 by accident today. There is something in this passage that somebody in here needs to hear. There's something in this passage today that is life-changing and transforming. And in all likelihood, the person who had the greatest excuse not to come will walk out of here today with the greatest blessing. God will do something in their life that they did not expect. 
They didn't expect for great things to happen. They didn't expect for wonderful things to happen. Maybe they thought that it was just going to be Sunday as usual. When Jesus is here, it should never be Sunday as usual. It should always be a special day. This lady may have had a great reason not to come. But she came anyway, and she was the better for it. You do exercise volition when you come. But let me go beyond just the coming part. Because it's one thing to come to church. It's another thing to be a part of church, isn't it? I mean, you can, you can be present and not really be here. You know what I mean? Isn't that right? There, there are plenty of times where that happens. When you decide that you're going to come, you also decide, I'm going to participate. When Sean asked me to sing, I'm going to sing. When I'm asked to bow my head, I'm going to bow my head. When I'm asked to pray, I'm going to pray. When I'm asked to give, I'm going to give. When I'm asked to come forward, I'm going to come forward. When I'm asked to do, I'm going to do. I am going to participate in this worship service. Let me tell you something. Whatever actions you take once you're here, is infectious to every person around you. Isn't it? I mean, if I could sit in front of Daryl Cooper and hear him sing, <laughs> it makes me want to sing, right? But I tell you what, if you sit by somebody, and they fold their arms, and they stick out their bottom lip, and they just wait for it to be over, you kind of have a tendency to just want it to be over, right? Well, me too. I don't know if that picked up my watch just said, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's infectious what you do. When you squirm, other people squirm. When you go get water, somebody else wants to go get water. When you move about, somebody else wants to move about. But here's the reality too. At that invitation time, when you come forward, somebody else says, I can come forward. Nobody ever wants to be the first one, do they? What you do and how you participate and how you obey the Spirit of God matters when you're in church. You are continually, throughout this process, exercising your volition in coming to church. And that matters. This woman did. She decided, despite her infirmity that she would come to church. And man, did everything turn out good for her. She was loosed, wasn't she? That leads me then to number two. You should expect victory when you come to church. You should expect victory. We just sang about needing a breakthrough. Needing God to break through something in our life so that we might break through whatever circumstances it is that we find. Now, whether she expected to be healed that day, I guess is debatable. But I should expect more than just seeing so-and-so or, or, or just being a part of the normal routine. I should expect to encounter the living God. I should expect to learn from God's Word. I should expect Him to speak directly into my life. I should be so employed in the worship service that is transforming 
for my life and for my day. I should expect victory. Don't miss this. Verse number 12, it tells us that this woman's sickness is not due to natural causes. She's not bent over because she has osteoporosis. She's not bent over because of some accident that's happened or something genetic. She has a spirit of infirmity. Jesus doesn't simply touch her and heal her. He tells her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He has ripped that spirit right out of her. That's what she needed and something that she could not do for herself. Listen to me. This woman has a spiritual problem. It's not a physical problem. It's not a relational problem. It's not a financial problem. She has a spiritual problem that has manifested itself physically in her life. And if you allow, if you allow the enemy to have his way in your life and with your activities and with your thoughts and with your words, it's going to manifest itself physically. Whatever's on the inside always shows up on the outside. This woman can't take medicine to make her better. I mean, she can take medicine, but it's not going to make her better. She goes to the chiropractor. It might help her feel a little bit better for a few days, but it's not going to heal her, is it? Physical problems need physical answers. Spiritual problems need spiritual answers. That's why staying home and staying in bed and just getting away from God and everybody else is not going to be the right answer. Because the answer is in the presence of the Lord. It's Him doing something in your life and through your life and for your life that you cannot do for yourself and that nobody else can do for you. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And I know that there'll be some who'll say to him, I think you're taking that just a little bit too far. I mean, we're talking about in the Bible days. It seemed like in Bible days, they attributed every kind of disease to demons. Well, maybe some of them did, but let me remind you about this book that we're reading. Who, who, who's written this gospel? It's Luke the physician, right? And at least on two different occasions, back in chapter 4 and back in chapter 7, passages that we have already been through, Luke has made a distinction between what is a physical ailment and what is a spiritual, demonic element that has manifested itself physically. He's already done that. And if this were anything physical, he would have told us. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at britdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 
3199. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.